Hi, welcome to Personal Finance with Phil Anderson, the podcast designed to give you all the financial advice you'll ever need. This is episode 14, and if you've only just found us in stumbling across this episode, thank you for doing that. After you finish this one, you can dive into our previous episodes and have a proper binge in any order you like. They all work as uh, standalone features, but make sure you have a listen to them all when it suits you, however it suits you. And then if you'd be kind enough to rate and review us, we'd be very grateful. Oh, and hit subscribe as well. And that way you'll get new episodes as soon as they appear and you'll be right up to date. Search Personal Finance with Phil Anderson on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts. That's Personal Finance with Phil Anderson on Apple or wherever you download your podcast. Over the last couple of weeks, we've looked at what to do when someone dies, as well as funeral planning. This week, to complete the sort of box set trilogy, we're on to Wills. Hi, Phil. Good things. You doing fine, John? Good, thank you. What's that little quote you were telling me from a will writer friend of yours? I know, that was uh, years ago, I used to go to a business networking group, and there was a, a chap there that did wills, trusts, powers of attorney, that sort of thing. And uh, really nice guy, David Morgan was his name. Um, I haven't seen him for quite a long time, but his ca- catchphrase was "Nay will, nay wise." Yeah. That was his <laughs> sort of slogan, and he's right enough, though it is. It's like you know, making a will is such an important thing to do, but yet so few people do it, um, it which is quite staggering. But it is that the thing by having a will in place is it means that your your most personal possessions and hard-earned savings are shared amongst your close family and friends and, and goes to who you want to and quite quite often it's it's a simple and inexpensive process as well and but failure to make a will can cause a lot of major difficulties for those left behind and it could also result in them having to pay more tax than is necessary as well so such an important thing okay well we'll come on to all that in due course uh, let's start at the beginning i dare say phil um there are people listening to this thinking oh, i'm not worth anything why would i bother making a will what's the point so why should they bother making a will is that, that's something that comes up regularly, but the, the good thing with having a will is that it, it just makes everything a lot more easier to sort out when you die. It also tells people like who should have your money, your property, your possessions. Another important thing with a will is it, it, you, you name what's called an executor, and that's the person who's in charge of organising and sorting everything out. And Even if you've not got much, I mean, sorting out things like bank accounts and stuff. And there's other things that we'll, we'll come on to like later, which is quite interesting as well. But a will can just, it means that all your wishes are going to be seen to and, and people will be left the things that you want them to, to leave. But another important thing with a will is that it names the executor, who's the person who's in charge of organising everything. And you, you can also name more than one executor as well, which is a, an important thing that um, some people don't realise either. So... Yeah, having a will just makes everything a lot more easier and slicker when, when that time comes. See, I'm, fe- I'm, feeling, I'm feeling quite confident here because this is one episode where I know I know that I have this covered. <laughs> so I'm, I'm hoping that there's nothing comes up during this episode, episode that makes me think, oh, no, I'm going to have to go back and get this rewritten. It's um, up to date. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing. Because some people have got a will and then others don't have it up to date. So that, that's the main things but um, uh, maybe that confidence is misplaced Phil we'll find out <laughs> um, is there an age do you, do you have to be a certain age to make a will or uh, when should you make one they, in, in Scotland they, you can actually do a will from age 12 which is really, really quite a young age but in, down south in England um, it's age 18 I, I would say like when you should make one it's, there's not really a right or wrong answer for that I, I'd probably say 
Like if, if you have children, it would be important to, to have a will because you might think, right, at what age do I want them to inherit? Who would look after them if, if something happened to me? So, so when you've got kids, that would be an important time to, to look at making a will. Couples who are not married, that, that's another one where it's really important because if someone's not married, they, they don't have as much rights. So they, that, that would be another situation when I feel somebody should, should make a will, like any major relationship changes. Um, and also if, if you had any specific funeral requests, that would be another good time to, to have a will as well. Mm-hmm. Um, what happens if, if you just don't make one? If you don't make a will, what happens is that mean you, you then die in testate. And, and then the order of who gets what is set out by the, the law at that point. So the, the order would usually be a spouse or civil partner, your kids, grandkids, parents, brothers and sisters, grandparents, uncles and aunts. What, what can then happen is that a, people you maybe don't want to get anything or, or people who you want to, to get things might not get and, and vice versa. So I mentioned earlier, like unmarried partners might not get anything. Mm relations by marriage wouldn't get anything you, you might have a close friend that you you wanted to leave something to carers charities if, if you die without a will they, they're not going to get anything because they, the first dibs is going to go to your, your immediate and close family okay so let's assume that i'm going to make a will um who do i need to contact indeed do i need to contact someone or can i just scribble something down in the back of my pools coupon? making a will there, there's certain things that you you've got to have in a will, so it's got to be signed, for example. But um, the, the main people or the, the main places to go to make a will, solicitors would be kind of the, the main one that people would be aware of as to where they go. You, you do get like a will writers, so that, that's another. Um, you, you get some people that all they do is, is write wills. They also tend to do things like powers, power of attorneys, which is another episode. We'll, we'll cover that. That's another important thing to have. So you've, you've got solicitors, will writers. You can also do like DIY wills. I mean, you, you can get templates online. I mean, that, that's the cheapest option. Okay. Uh, you, you can get a template online, but then it's, I guess it's thinking, right, is it done properly and done right? Mm. Banks used to, to be ones for, for offering wills as well. But the, the reasons that, that banks used to do it is they would put themselves down as the executors. And, and I've actually seen solicitors do this as well. So they, they'll put them, some solicitors will offer a free will. Now, in life, you seldom get something for nothing. But what you'll tend to find is that the, the banks or the solicitors would often put themselves down as the executors. Now, I, I've seen it in the past. I, I remember working at, at a solicitor's firm and they, they were the executor for someone who'd passed away. Now, normally that firm would have charged 1% estate agency fee when they were selling a property. And I remember sitting down at the weekly meeting one week and it came up, such and such had died. And, and the, the girls had said, it's like, how much are we going to charge for selling this property? And the solicitor had turned around and said, oh, well, we're the executors. We can basically charge what we like. And, and I, I, that didn't sit very well with myself because I'm like, well, you're basically taking advantage of the fact that someone had, had died. And they, on that case, they, they charged one and a half percent estate agency fee, which is a good bit higher than what they would normally charge. Now, you could argue and say, yeah, the solicitor had more work because they had to do the view-ins and 
blah, blah, blah. But I, I don't know, that, that didn't sit well with me. So if I was making a will, I would always encourage people, have a think about who you want as the executors. And I, I would tend to say, look, yeah, some, sometimes your family want to want the hassle, and in which case they, they may get the solicitor or, or somebody to do it. But I, I don't know. It, I, I just went with that example that I just gave there. That didn't sit well with me at all. And that, that's, I, I know when I'm saying to people about wills, I'll, I'll always say to them, look, get your own executors and, and that sort of thing then wouldn't come up. So yeah, so if you if you if you go to a solicitor to draw up a will, you encourage them not to have the solicitor named as the executor because effectively they're just plotting future business. <laughs> Possibly, I mean, you, you would hope that that wouldn't be the case, but I mean, it is a, a lot of them will do like free wills or, or cheap wills, and but but you often find that I mean they know they're going to get. I mean, if they're down as the executors, that's almost guaranteed business yeah. for them at some point in the future. So that's, that's one thing that I would per- personally, I, I wouldn't name like a solicitor as a, an executor on a will. That, that's just my kind of take on it. But. Okay. So let, let, let's assume that you, uh, you use a, you know, a professional service to draw up um, your, your will, but you're not naming the solicitor or whatever it is that you get it as the executor. Does it then become quite expensive to have it drawn up professionally? No, I mean, that, that's one thing with, with wills is that, I mean, that, like I say, some, some will offer free wills. Uh, a lot of solicitors will partake the, in, in October each year. That's usually um, free will month where some of the solicitors will do a free will, but they, they'll donate the money, or, or let's say it was going to cost you 50 or or £100 to do it. Um, they'll then donate that to, to charity. A basic will usually would cost anywhere between about 50 to £150. Mm. If things are, are getting a wee bit more complex, you, you could run into maybe a few hundred pounds. A DIY will, like, you can get them for about a tenner. They, they can right. be really quite cheap. I guess the advantage of using a solicitor or a will writer is that they're going to be, like, more, more expertise in, in doing it, so less could, could kind of go wrong. What, what you will find with, with, like, will writers is that, I mean, some of them will allow you to, to kind of do it online as well, but... They, a lot of the will writers would offer home visits. Um, they, they can be good if you've got kind of more straightforward needs. One, one downside with will writers is that they're not regulated, so there's less protection than if you did it through a solicitor. Solicitors have got a lot more regulations in place. I think it, down south it's the Solicitors Regulation Authority, and then you've got the Law Society of Scotland up, up here. But they, if you're getting it done by a solicitor, they've got a lot more like regulations that they've kind of got to, to adhere to as well. But yeah, cost-wise, it, it, it's not really all that important. That That's the, the thing. Uh, so it's not all that expensive. So um, yeah, it's such an important thing and it doesn't really cost all that much to do. So that's a couple of things I've, I've learned specifically in the last two episodes, which is that undertakers and will writers are not regulated by any governing authority. That's it, yeah. Um, sometimes there's, I don't, yeah, sorry, I was getting, sometimes you've got like voluntary regulations, but mm-hmm. yeah, it's, um, it, it's, it's something certainly to, to watch out for there as well. What sort of stuff do we have to keep in mind when we're making a will, Phil? I mean, doubtless at some stage there'll be some sort of tax implication. What else? I would say that the main things to, to consider when you're making a will is, like, you, you've got to take into fact, like, your spouse and children's legal rights, um, who you want as the, the beneficiaries. 
And I mentioned earlier, like if you've got kids, you might think, right, who would I want to look after the children if, if anything happened to myself? Um, things like what age do you want them to, to inherit at? You, you've got to think about things like who's going to be the executors? Do you want money, for example, being left to your kids going into trust, who the trustees would be? Also things to consider would be if, if you want to put charitable donations in your will as well. One thing I would always urge people to do is to talk to their family about their will, and um, that, that's an important thing. Some, some people won't want to do that. Some people will think, no, like my will is private, it's up to me, but I, I don't know, like it, it kind of, like there's less, like any less can go wrong later on, but I think it's good to, to talk. And I know personally, I, I like to involve my, my family, whether I'm speaking to my kids or my parents about, about things. So I, I think that's sort of good. But you, you mentioned about sort of tax implications as well. Again, well, those can also be used for inheritance tax planning. If you're over the inheritance tax threshold, a will can be used to, to reduce the value of your estate through things like the, the charitable donations. Mm. So another big thing that comes up these days, and, and this is something that a lot of people don't think about, but you've, you've also got to consider like your digital assets. Now, now what I mean by that is things like um, your email accounts, your digital music. So if you've got things like Spotify or a big iTunes library, who, who gets that? your photos, um, I mean, like, now I, I've got, my, my phone has got about 15,000 photos on it. Yeah. It's like, so who, who has ownership of them if, if anything happens to me? But yeah, I mean, I mean, if, if you've got, like, domain registrations, computer games, I mean, a lot of these things, it's all digital nowadays. Yeah. So, so now, it's not just, like, your physical possessions, but a lot of people have got a lot of digital assets. So I bet that's, that's something that you've, you've probably <laughs> That is that is something I had not considered. I, in my case, it'll be fairly simple. In so much as nobody gets it because I can't remember the passwords. So <laughs> <laughs> um, the other thing I could imagine potentially happening is that the longer you live, the more likely um, you'll have reason to alter will with you know like relatives being born or people dying off before you, for instance. How difficult is it to alter a will, and, and does it does it cost a bit? It's usually easy enough to, to change a will. But that, that's quite often what happens is that people will look to add new beneficiaries or they'll, they'll look to change maybe an executor or guardian named in a will. So it, it is, I think, is it called a codicil? I think the document that they they, they have to, to amend or, or make changes in it. Sometimes sometimes it's best, for all the cost of it, sometimes it's best just rewriting a will from scratch. And Usually what will happen is that the, the newest will will supersede any previous ones made. But I, I would say it's good to just put in there that, that this is to supersede like any that you've made right. in, in the past. But yeah, it is, is kind of easy enough to, to make changes to it. Um, There'll be so standard stand, standard legalese, I would imagine, for for that sort of instance, wouldn't there be? Yeah, I mean, I mean it doesn't, shouldn't really cost too much to, to do. Um, I was just going to say, as long as somebody's in of, of sound mind as well, that's that's the other thing because you, you always see it again. It's going back to the old Coronation Street, somebody changing their will um, <laughs> because they were conned into it, sort yeah, of thing, yeah. and they were a bit dulled. And so, so yeah, that, that's all things to, to kind of take into account. But generally, it's, it tends to be quite easy and fairly inexpensive to, to make changes to it. Now, you mentioned to me last week when we were flagging up this podcast as an upcoming episode that it was possible to alter a will after someone has died. I, I imagine 
that would have to be under a pretty specific set of circumstances, wouldn't it? It is. I mean, I, that, that was something until a few years back. I, I didn't know at that time that, that could be done, but you, you can get what's called a, a deed of variation, um, and that can be applied up to two years after someone's death. Now, some, some of the reasons that you would maybe do that would be allow you to divert an inheritance to another person or body. So you might want to, to kind of put it to charity, for example. Also, it deems that the, the change to have taken place as if it was done in the original will. So, so one of my family members, when she passed away, what they did was they, her share of her house, instead of automatically going to her husband, who it's ended up in a care home, what happened was that they changed her will afterwards so that her share of the house went directly to the children. Now, the benefit of doing that was that they had my, or had the relative that, that survived, had he have gotten that money, they, when he ended up in a care home, that money would have been lost and went to, to that. But it basically safeguarded half the house. So, so there are ways and, and reasons Another one might be like inheritance tax reasons. Um, someone might, some, a beneficiary might say, right, I don't want the money coming to me for inheritance tax purposes. So I maybe wanted to then go straight to my kids, bypass me altogether. So there, there are reasons why someone would maybe want to alter a will. Um, but again, that's when you, you'd be looking to kind of take professional advice under those circumstances. Yeah, it all, it all sounds a little bit Agatha Christie to me. Um, as, as does this, can my will be contested? It can, and, and actually, I think more and more wills are being contested kind of these days. Um, the main reason would be if, if someone believed that the will was invalid uh, or if they thought that they hadn't been adequately provided for in a will, someone could kind of contest it there. So that, that's why it's important to get it right and, and try and make sure that your will is how you, you want it to be. That's, I mean, that, that is the sort of Agatha Christie scene, isn't it? Where everyone's invited out to the old country house like Brideshead Revisited and, and um, the sort of father of the family has just died off and they're all arguing over who gets what. That's exactly that scenario. I know. Um, now, so far, Phil, we, we've chewed over various topics. Um, you've given us a look back over your own life story uh, and how it's been affected by the subjects we've been discussing. I wonder if you've got an experience here regarding wills. I do quite quite an interesting story. This one was from, from quite a number of years ago. But in, in Scotland, you've got, in, in a will, you've got movable assets and Im, immovable assets. So like an immovable asset would be things like a house. A movable asset would be things like money in your bank, a car, that, that type of thing. Now, in Scots law, your children are entitled to claim on the net movable assets, but they, so you could basically leave your house to whoever you want, but your kids have automatically got a right to a portion of the, the movable estate. And I, I remember years ago, one chap didn't want his son to inherit money. And, and I think his son was into drugs and, and stuff. So he thought, no, I, I didn't want him to squander it. I want it going to, to who I want. So what he actually did in, in an effort, so that he couldn't get his hands on the, the movable um, estate. He actually built like a swimming pool at his house. To, so he was actually trying to find ways to reduce his estate. And I, I just I remember at the time thinking, man, imagine going to all that length. But <laughs> I guess like uh, the one thing I've found in, in the job that I do is that 
you come across all sorts of circumstances. And my family tend to get on. Everyone, I mean, at some point, my mum and dad will die. And then I know a lot of squabbles often take place after someone's passed away. But I, I couldn't imagine falling out with my sisters about inheritances and stuff like that. And it just, it's amazing the lengths that people will go to to, yeah. to kind of look at things like that. But yeah, that guy, he actually like built a swimming pool at his mind, <laughs> at his house just to reduce his wow. movable estate, which is quite, I, I find that quite incredible. Yeah, mind-boggling, isn't it? Um, we also this bit as well, Phil, you, you find inspiration through various folk that you admire and you love a quote. Have you got one that fits our subject matter for this episode on wills? Yeah, but, well, can I already mention the quote of the week and it's from uh-huh. old friend David Morgan, nay will, nay wise. And to summarise on this episode, Phil, what, what's our takeaway on wills? I'd say... I mean, it's important to have a will, but I also mentioned earlier, it's important to keep it up to date as well. So I'd say the two main takeaways this week is one, get a will and then keep it updated. Absolutely. Now, Phil is really keen on trying to help you with your financial queries. If you want to email a question to us, please do so. And as always, uh, we can ask them anonymously if you want us to. Let's get on to this week's. Our first question today is from Stuart in Forest, who says, Hi, Phil. I'm self-employed. Given the current situation with working from home, I wonder if I should be changing my work insurance and if there might be any savings to be made. Yeah, I mean, I guess it depends on, on the insurance and, and what it is you're actually looking to insure. I'd probably say a good starting point would be to contact your insurer um, and, and speak to them about it. I, I'd also, if, if someone's changing any policies or cancelling them, you, you've also got to watch out for like any charges that the insurer will make in, in that circumstances. But yeah, I mean, at, at this time when, when money is often quite tight for many people, it, it's good to try and look at options to to try and reduce your, your costs as much as you can. So definitely something that, that you should look into. Uh, next up, Ian in Fort William, who's got a question on investing in property. Pretty straightforward, this one. Um, Ian says, throughout his life, people have always said to him, invest in property, you can't go wrong. Uh, in the present climate, is that still the case? I personally like property as an investment, um, something that I've got myself. There's two main types of property. You've got residential property and also commercial property. The good thing that with property is it offers the, the growth potential that the value will, will go up. And I, I guess if, if you can buy somewhere, the, the cheaper you can get a property at, the better, um, which gives you a good starting point. But the, the great thing with property is you've also got kind of like rental income coming from it as well. I guess the risks are if you buy a property and it's maybe not rented out for a period of time, that may cost you money. One of the negatives with property is that there's been a lot of tax changes, especially around like buy to lets. The government's imposed like extra levies if you're buying an additional house. They've now got that, that additional dwelling supplement. So the, the stamp duty and land and buildings transaction taxes is more expensive. They, they've also done things that, that you can't offset the interest to, to pay less tax that way as well. So they, there are pros and cons with, with property, but yeah, long, longer term, I, I like property as an investment. It's one that I'm invested in myself and I, I do think long term it's good. And I actually think it's probably a good time to, to look at buying just now because you're hoping that you might be able to try and get somewhere a wee bit cheaper. I mean, in, in the short term, prices may, may dip, but longer term, property is an asset class that usually tends to, to do well and rise 
in, in the long term. Yeah, that was, that was going to be the, the sort of uh, follow-up question was, is now a good, a good time to buy? It's, it's a buyer's market, I guess, or it's going to be, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, this, we, we found a few months back, I mean, when, when the lockdown restrictions eased, jeepers, the, the amount of mortgage inquiries coming in was really <laughs> a, a low, probably the highest it had ever been. So the, the, the good thing there, there are people looking to buy, so the, there is demand out there. But you, you'll get some folk, I mean, I'm, I'm in the process of looking at buying a, another office at the minute, and, and I look at it, and I mean, the, the, the first place that I looked at had been on the market for, for quite some time, and I'm thinking, yeah, I could probably get this at, at a really good price. Mm-hmm. I'm made desperate to buy, so I can. That, that's a good thing for for an investor, whether it's commercial property or residential property. You, you've made desperate to get it, so you can wait and hold off and try and get things at a good price. Whereas, if someone wants to buy a house because they maybe need one to stay in, they're maybe going to have have to pay a bit more to to get somewhere. But yeah, there, there's definitely bargains out there to to be had at the moment. That's for sure. Would say before you get in touch with the question, you might want to take a look at our back catalogue because we've covered a fair few topics so far, and we may have touched on what you're interested in. Uh, if it's buying property, then there was uh, ten steps to buying a new home. If it's um, if it's I suppose if it's a commercial property, for that's maybe something we could look at in in future weeks. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I was having a. Just like, uh, like the our most listened to episode was that one, the, the ten steps to buying your your home. So um okay, which is quite quite interesting. That's what we sell in this podcast, Phil Dreams, you see. <laughs> thank you for joining us today for personal finance with phil anderson i'm john mellis if you feel that you need a helping hand with anything we've been discussing or anything else of a monetary matter find phil for finance search phil anderson financial services online uh, or on the facebook page for the show search personal finance with phil anderson that's personal finance with phil anderson on Facebook. Uh, Phil's on Twitter and LinkedIn as well, or you can email Phil a question that you can answer on a future episode. His address is phil at philandersonfinancial.co.uk. That's phil at philandersonfinancial.co.uk. Send him your question and he could be answering it in an upcoming episode. And please be assured we won't use your real name if that is what you'd prefer. Remember, if you uh, found this useful, please rate and recommend us and please subscribe on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts. Then you'll get us every week with the info you want when you need it. Get all the links you need on Phil's social media. Good luck with your money. Phil is doing his best to help make your cash go that little bit further. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Thanks, John. Have a great week.